Hello, uh, George Hawford uh, with another episode of Local Matters. Have we got a local matter for you today? <laughs> Very excited. I'm looking at our so-called mission statement, Dwight. It says, interesting people in various walks of life who make up the fabric of our community. And I won't go on and on, but... You're very interesting, and, we're, and we are. So I'm not we, sure, Kevin, if you had no, to take that, George. We've got Dwight Henry, yeah. a good friend of mine, and uh, just a, lo- a local treasure, local and regional treasure who has spent a lifetime in various capacities trying, uh, making a difference in people's lives and still making a difference. Dwight, welcome to the show. George, it's good to be here, and I've looked forward to it since the time well, you mentioned it, and uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My job is to listen. It's going to be tough today, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> Let's just start out with the old, who are you, where are you from, Bur- start at birth, but don't spend too much time in high school. Well, I was born in a hospital because I wanted to be near my mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was born in Sweetwater, Tennessee, actually. Ooh, I, I tell everybody. I tell everybody when uh, you know Sweetwater. When I was there and born, Sweetwater had about four thousand people. Wow! If you go back today, it's got about four thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then we moved down to Athens when I was about thirteen. So I went to high school there. Went to Cleveland State Community College for a couple of years. Came over here in the mid seventies to go to Tennessee Tech as a student. And my plan was to graduate and go home. I did finally manage to graduate, uh, much to the surprise of a lot of folks, and, <laughs> but I never did go home. So here I still am To our today. benefit. To yeah, our and, benefit. Uh, so here I am. Yeah. So you uh, grew up in Athens, the yeah. friendly city. The friendly city, that's uh, right. Uh, what is you it? spent some time there. A little time. Five years. Yeah. A, a long time ago. Great community. And it really but is. Then you moved to a, another great community. Yeah, here. And you were there for a while. In I Cremont, was. Yeah. Long time ago. Long time. Talk to Actually, me. Actually, I've been stalking you. That's no, what I've been doing all no, these no, years. No. I've been stalking you, George. I really have. Talk about you. You, you finished uh, school here, and just talk about the early years and things you were involved in, and stories. And uh, well, you know, I. Uh, it's really interesting as I kind of reflect a little bit. You know, you hear to you hear people say, and I probably said it myself, although it's been a long time. Well, you know, there's two things you never talk about. Politics and religion. And guess what? And, and, and you know, one time when I was in my 20s, uh, and, and you can understand this, a lot of people can, I heard somebody say, you never talk about politics and religion. In my heart, I heard, George, here's what I heard. Those are the two things I want you to spend your life talking about. No question. And then that's, and so the last 40 years, that's the way my life has gone. You know, I just, and those have been the two main themes of my life. And, and I feel like that I've been maybe the most blessed person around. I get, I, I focus on both themes most of the time. Wow. We're yeah. similar that way. Yeah. My golf group says, we don't want to talk politics today yeah. or religion. Right? Let's play God. <laughs> That's what everybody says. And so I've ended up spending 40 years. Well, I've, I, you know, I, I was in Christian radio for a long time. I pastored a church in Buffalo Valley for eight or nine years. Did not know uh, that. Teach at, a, teach, a, taught, teach at our Bible school. I'm active in our church. Uh, and then, uh, of course, that's on the ministry side of things. And then beyond that, I uh, was able to, in the mid-'80s, serve as mayor of Cookville. I served on the city council for a number of years, uh, spent some time in the state legislature while I was pastoring the church. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, so it was just, uh, it's just been the main, t- and, you know, they matter. You know, they matter because, uh, you know, without over-spiritualizing things, God gave us three institutions. He gave us the institution of marriage. He gave us the institution of of, uh, of government, and he gave the institution of church. So, 
so that's you've kind been of, all through. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I sure have, and so that's been and that's kind of been my life in a wonderful community. A Amen. wonderful community. That, uh, uh, I was just talking about before we, we I came over to the station here about uh, a lady who came down here from Ohio, and she said, it's great here. I love it here. The people are friendly here. And you know, you've heard that for years, too. Amen. It's about the people. And to uh, talk about two themes that I love so much in an area where I love to live, well, it's just been, uh, it's been wonderful. It really has. And what a contribution you made. Uh, young guy running for office and getting elected uh, and then you ran for uh, governor. Yeah, back in. I'd uh, like to hear a little more about that. <laughs> well, back in um, back in the late, uh, actually, or ninety nineteen ninety, uh, I was a Republican nominee for the for governor of Tennessee, and uh, uh, and uh, ran uh, ran about against four or five folks in the primary. Uh, ended up um, carrying ninety of ninety five counties in the primary. And I was real happy about that. Wow. And, uh, then it came down to the general election where I wasn't as successful. <laughs> I think I carried five of 95 counties. And, but but it, it was an experience, George, that, uh, you know, not an easy experience all the time at that level, but one that uh, that I look back on and it matured me and it settled me. And and uh, just I'm, I'm glad that I did it. You know, in the middle of it, I was wondering sometimes what was I thinking. But now that, <laughs> I, <laughs> but now that I look back on it, that and the whole political thing, you know, I was um, – uh, able to, uh, uh, I've, I've always been, I knew, George, I knew the very first time I walked into a voting booth in Athens, Tennessee, and voted for the first time, and back we were pulling levers in those days, I not pushing those. buttons, we I were pulling those. levers, yep. and I looked around there, that room full of levers, and a lot of a lot was going on election-wise, and somehow I knew in my heart that one of these days I would walk into one of those booths somewhere and vote for myself for something. I knew that. So that was a premonition, and a I, vision I, I just, that you I had. just knew that. And uh, and it turned out that the first time I ran was for city council here in, in Cookville in 1985. And, of course, in Cookville, uh, you know, you don't run for mayor. You're in right. city council, and the top vote-getter is typically elected mayor. mayor by the council. So I ended up— uh, Ended up that year being the top vote getter and served as mayor for three years. Wow! Yeah, that which was great. a lot of fun. Yeah, talk a little bit about because you, I was reminiscing with you just then. Yeah, just how the the politics of East, Middle, and West Tennessee, the Republican, Democrat, and how how all that has changed in your lifetime, in my life. Yeah, well, you know, of course, Tennessee is always, you know, even the Civil War. I mean, it was. Yes. Uh, 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 East Tennessee, primarily Republican, Middle and West Tennessee, primarily Democrat. Uh, Tennessee was the last state to secede from the Union in the Civil War, and they were the first state to come back in after it was over. So yes. there was a lot of division there, and so that continued to show up politically for lots of years the same way. Now, when I got here, uh, the Democrat Party was primarily the dominant party. Not primarily, yes. they were. And, uh, you know, without getting too political, if uh, back in those days, if, if a Republican ran for something, they— uh, uh, they ran as an independent, you know. That's right. They ran as an independent. But now over the years, that shifted tip the other way. And I've got my own thoughts and ideas and, and reasons that I believe that it did. But it's 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 now the Republican Party's the dominant party. I remember in 1988, George, I went in to, to uh, run. I was going to run for the legislature. And people kind of knew how I was and the way I leaned. And, <laughs> and the little girl came up when I, I went to pick up my petition in the office there where you got your petition that people signed. You had to have a certain number of names of registered voters to support that. And uh, she said, well, I guess you're going to run as an independent. And I said, well, no, um, actually, I'm going to run as a Republican. And she, and she was young, and she was new in the office, and, and she said, 
I don't think you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I knew oh, I no. could, but I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I understand. I said, would you go back there and, and ask Miss Andrews? David Andrews' mother headed David. that office at that point in time. I said, go back there and check with Miss Andrews just to make sure. And she came back with my petition and said, you can. You can run as a Republican. I said, well, I, I thought so. I just wasn't sure. Be sure. <laughs> so, I, so I got my petition and ran and uh, and ran against a guy who was a good friend of mine, still is a good friend of mine, Op Walker. Oh, Op, sure. And he was yeah. he was my opponent, and uh, and we uh, we ran, and it was really primarily a Democrat uh, a county at that strip up point in time. I didn't know at the time, or I might not have done it, that a Republican had not been in that seat since like Civil War days. I understand. And uh, so when they counted all the votes, about 16,000 people voted. And the first time they counted them, I won by 101 votes. Second time they counted them, I won by 94 votes. Third time they counted them, I won by 88 votes. No I, more, no I more said, counting. No more counting. <laughs> so so I, was, I served in the legislature for a couple of years, which was another great experience. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you're the interviewee, so I got to be quiet. I heard when when I served in East Tennessee, back then, if you did comment on this, if you didn't have a 100,000 vote lead coming across Mont Eagle Mountain heading west, you were a dead duck statewide. Yeah. Is if that you, if you're running in statewide election, statewide election, because Memphis, Shelby County, yeah, was predominantly Democrat, and uh, four what one vote out of four or five oh, yeah. was in Shelby County. So. That's exactly right. That's the way it was. I remember when uh, the first candidate I ever saw who was a gubernatorial candidate in Tennessee, I was actually saw in Sweetwater, and he came through and stood there in the middle of town at a nice. Uh, a, a, a podium there, Winfield Dunn. Winfield Dunn, and uh, and I thought, man, I don't know who is uh, who's his opponent is, but boy, they they He was very articulate, very sincere, very approachable, and he won that race. And he was the first Republican uh, governor in fifty years. Memphis uh, Dennis, yeah, Memphis Dennis, yeah, mm-hmm. he was, and so he won. But but to your point, yeah, he was the first in fifty years, so it was that way for a long time. That's obviously changed now a little bit but uh but uh yeah that was if you didn't have that kind of lead you might as well you might as well send your saddle home you weren't gonna, <laughs> you weren't gonna win yeah no <laughs> i missed the personal touch of, yeah. of politic in years yeah. you know there was a time george when when it was just business i mean yeah, you, you yeah. could you could see uh you could there could be somebody and you would uh you would uh you know you would be uh, even on city council we, we would have issues that we disagreed on and then when it was all over and the meeting adjourned i many times turned to the guy sitting next to me shook his hand and said yeah hey we disagreed on this one maybe we'll agree on the next we'll one we'll go again and it and we, it wasn't such a personal thing and yeah. we actually liked each other regardless of the party and regardless of the position <laughs> <laughs> You know that's uh, reminiscent. A lot of our, a lot of our audience today may not remember those days, but yeah. we sure do, don't yeah. we, Dwight? And, it is. Well, we're going to come back in just a little bit, and 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 t- I really want to talk more about your time on council. You had the restaurant tax passed during that time, somewhere in that might have been a little before. But all, the, how Cookville has evolved and changed, and mm-hmm. how you've been a part of that. So, so we're going to move forward with that and. Just more interesting stories. I, I think they're going to have to give us more time. Boy. I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to have enough time to, uh, to we, do Neither one of us have ever met a microphone we didn't like. <laughs> and we've had a, we've had, we're having a great run and uh, so happy again to have as uh, our guest today, Dwight Henry, uh, a legend. I've been has done a little bit of everything and throughout this community. Uh, this is uh, George Halford. 
and local matters. And after a brief break, we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Well, we're glad to have you back. We're glad to be back. George Halford, Local Matters, sitting here with uh, Dwight Henry, uh, historian, uh, <laughs> raconteur, uh, uh, has been has been in Cookville mo- just your whole your whole adult life, yeah. uh, Putnam County. And I promise I'm not going to start reminiscing with you and start telling stories because <laughs> I almost did. But Dwight, let's do go back because there's just so much there and so many stories about you as a young uh, person who had a dream. You said that about the voting machine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're it. You're the mayor of this city. I mean, you're uh, just talk about your experiences and what some of the key issues were and what you ran into. And well, You know, I'll never forget, George, the, my very first trip to Cookville. I mean, it literally did redirect my life. I was a rising senior in high school at Main County High School in, in Athens, Tennessee. And the, the speech teacher there, in spite of the fact that I'd entered three speech tournaments with her, for her, and finished last in all of them. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> she saw something in me that I didn't see. And she said, I saw her during the summertime, and she said, do you have $40? And I said, well, for the, one of the first times in my life, I actually did have $40. I was going to work all summer. She said, I want you to go to, tennis, or to Cookville, Tennessee, Tennessee Tech, to a debate, uh, to a debate clinic. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd heard the term Cookville, but I, you know, I was a kid from the housing projects. I'd never been 100 miles away from home in my life. Wow. Uh, and, and so I said, wait. And to be on the college campus, I said, sure. I don't know how interested I was in the debate, but if you go to Cookville, wherever that was. And, well, long story short, I missed my ride. So I was going to ride with her. We missed up. So she came over here. So I had I called a Trailways bus. I went to Athens where the bus station was. You probably remember. Sure, sure. And got on the bus about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it stops everywhere. Now, <laughs> I mean, it stops in Loudon and Lenore City. And, I mean, we got to Knoxville bus station about 830 at night, and it's dark, you know. So I go in, and I'm scared. I'm by myself. I've never been that far away from home, I'm, even though I'm seeing the high school. So, uh, so I uh, – I said, uh, he said, where are you going? I said, Knoxville. He said, well, I got good news. You can catch a bus from here and go to Knox- or to Cookville, I'm sorry, to Cookville. And he said, but the bad news is there's not another one that goes out in the morning, till <laughs> in the morning. In the so morning. I spent the night at the bus station on the floor. And uh, so that, <laughs> which didn't get my trip started off too well. Long story short, I get on the bus the next morning at 8 o'clock, get off the bus in Cookville, up down the steps. The bus station was over there, where close to the Criminal Justice Center. Yes, down. okay. And uh, scared, just a scared kid. I mean, it was just because I was in town. I didn't know anybody. Didn't have, didn't know anything about tech. So I, I did. So I stepped off the bus. I saw a taxi. 
Uh, and I, I said, well, I know taxi. So I just kind of slide into the back seat. And I said, uh, can you take me to Tennessee Tech? And he said, which building? Oh. And I said, I said, is there more than one? <laughs> I promise. I had no idea. I said, is there more than one? Sure. He lets me off in front of the Dairy Berry Hall, the, the administration building. We didn't have many buildings like that in Sweetwater. Or no, even no, no, no. Big building, big steps, big columns, clock on the top, eagle on top of that. And the more I, I, I looked at those things, I'm like, golly. He said, I think if you go into that building, they might be able to tell you and to help you. So I never will forget George. First time I had my little suitcase in my hand, a little skinny kid from you know the housing projects walking up those steps. I mean, I was totally intimidated and scared my first trip. Little did I know. And oh, by the way, went to the debate clinic. Spent the week up there in the debate clinic with my debate partner, who I did find, and we debated four rounds. And Mr. Robert Woodland was the coach, and he said, "You're going to have a coach." And he's going to help you. And uh, and he said, your coach and his teammate won the state championship last year. I said, well, that's the kind of coach I need. Y'all gone right. You know who my coach was? No. Bob Luna. Oh, Bob my Luna. goodness. Bob Luna. And so and we, we debated. We, we debated four rounds. We won all four rounds. And when I left here, I had some confidence that I could stand on my feet and communicate ideas and the, the confidence in public speaking started right here in Cookville. And little did I know that I'd come back to Cookville a few years later and walk up those same steps where I was so scared, so intimidated. I would walk up those steps to go to a meeting as student body president at Tennessee Tech. Whoa, a, few, a few years later, I'd walk up those same steps to go to a meeting as, as mayor of Cookville. And then a few years later, I'd walk up those same steps, go to meet a state representative. So it just, it what just, a rich. A, uh, yeah, what a, it just, and I'm thinking of this little kid that the first time he walked up those steps and how my life has gone and how blessed I've been. And I'm just so, so fortunate. This town's been so good to me. You know, there's some things in life that are, that don't change. Principles no. eternal. Yeah. And we, uh, I was talking on a previous uh, episode here with uh, Will Roberts, and we talked about the power of one person yeah. or the power of the spoken word. Yeah. One person made a difference in your life more than once. And yeah. you just named three or four right yeah. there Yeah, of where, what would have happened if uh, Bob Luna maybe had not been your yeah. debate, co- uh, the debate coach or someone else who didn't take the time or even Pat Sutherland, my speech teacher. Spe- yes. And you know, I never really did take the opportunity to go back to her and say, you don't know how much you meant to me. Oh, So I, I say two things. Teachers, you're making more of a difference than you know. And secondly, when somebody has made a real difference in your life, be sure do, you can do all you can do to, to show them gratitude and show them honor and tell them how much they meant to you. She passed away fairly early in life, and I thought, I never did really thank her like I should. So we should always do that. But that that was my first trip to Cookville. Little did I know then that I'd spend my life here and what good things would happen to me. But every time I drive by Derryberry Hall still, still I remember that first trip up those up those steps and how, how good this community has been to me. You know, again, for the for the younger, hopefully younger generation, <laughs> and Dwight, who's out here listening to us now, uh, you know, technology is great. Uh, AI is coming. Yeah. But there's still no substitute for the, the, human the, the human touch, the power of the spoken word in people. And we still, you might comment, we still live in a community 
that values people, values the personal touch. I like you, George, because of uh, being in public service and served as mayor city council. When I meet somebody that uh, that has come from somewhere else, yes. I'll say, how did you find Cookville? How did it find you? How did you do that? And what, what attracts you or what you like? And the, on everyone's short list, everyone, of course, they talk about the university, they talk about the lakes, and they talk about you know the cost of living and low crime rate. But on everyone's list almost are the people, the friendly, accommodating, personable, uh, helpful people that live here. And that's really still today, that's the key to the difference, I think, in this community. Well, that's what's happening today with all of our California, Michigan. Yeah. We've got the the best of these this, these states, and they're, that, that's what they notice is just are y'all always this friendly? Yeah, no. I was uh, a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, I was I was pumping some gas over at a Shell station here in town. Whoops, I said Shell. I hope that's not a commercial. That's okay. <laughs> that's all. Right. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, so there's a fellow pumping gas beside me over there, and uh, and he's on the other side of the tank. And I said, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" I just just like I always do. You know, that's what we do. Here. Hey, buddy, how you doing? And I mean, he started moving his hands I and know, arms. I know, like he was like he was going for a gun or something. And he said, "He said, oh, I'm so sorry." He said, "I'm from Pittsburgh. I thought I was about to be mugged." I said, "No, we don't, we don't do that. Here. We just we speak to people. We're friendly." You know, I, I think we both be quick to say we're not unique. Yeah, the Upper Cumberland, Tennessee. There are other pockets in this country, but not many. Yeah, we're we're special. That's why we're still here. I yeah. mean, it, this is home. Yeah, this is home, and and uh, and we really uh, uh, appreciate that and appreciate you. We're going to take a break here in just uh, uh, several seconds, and then I want to come back and talk about we're not you're not through yet, buddy. We, <laughs> I want you to give your thoughts about Cookville, Putnam County, the Upper Cumberland today, yeah. where we're going, Tennessee Tech, our hospital. Uh, the growth that's taking place, the quality growth, and uh, and what you see uh, is the future. George Halford here with uh, a spe- our special guest, Dwight Henry, and we'll be back sh- after a break. Well, we're back, George Halford, Local Matters. Um, it ought to be against law to have as much fun as I'm having right now, Dwight. Thank you. Thank you so much oh, for joining for us. Me. We're going to spend the next several minutes talking about our community uh, today, our region, kind of where we're going. Look, you're, you, you've been an observer and you've been a, a participant for decades in what we see today. Let's talk about, let's talk about where we are, the opportunities that we have, uh, the priorities, and, and maybe the challenges. You know, when I first got here and lived here for a few years, George, in Cookville, uh, and when somebody was coming to Cookville to see me, and they didn't know exactly where I lived or where I worked, I'd say, just come to Cookville, get off any exit you want to get off. It says Cookville, and I'll <laughs> meet you in 10 minutes, wherever you are. Yeah, you're 10 I minutes mean, from anywhere. I'm, I'm just 10 minutes from – now, it's not quite like that anymore. I mean, we've, no, we've, we've, we've no. enjoyed, it's not like that anymore. We've enjoyed some growth. But I've, I've always been a believer, and, and I know you can identify with this. I believe that everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, no if you're talking question. about if you're talking about a family, if you're talking about a church, if you're talking about a civic organization, nonprofit, if you're talking about government, and one of the things, and we've had a few hiccups along the way, I don't deny that, but we have had quality leadership for the most of the time that I've li- that I've lived in this town. Good people trying to do a good job, trying to be visionary, thinking five and ten years out, and not just about their own backyard. And I think, to a great degree. 
that that uh, has resulted in the planning that you've seen, the wonderful nonprofits that we have, the things that continue to go on, the new fairgrounds, continue to build schools, uh, the roads. Of course, we have some we have some state roads here in this area too that we don't have total control over when they're fixed. You know, that's right. But, but oh. TDOT, we have to get TDOT in Tennessee Department of Transportation involved in that. But at the end of the day, uh, I think we get back to the people, the people who it matters who pushes those buttons on the school board. It matters who pushes those buttons on the city council and county commission, who serves you in the legislature. And we, by and large, had pretty good quality people, and they've led to some good things. And I think some things that happened when I was mayor. We had a great council, and we were able to get some things done. But but leadership is key always. Amen. And you said something that's just right in the wheelhouse. Infrastructure, to build a road in Tennessee, in your history— I, I was always told it takes 10 years to build a, a major new road from the time you have the idea till you get the, you know, you, by the right of all the federal and government. But yet when you locate a company, uh, that happens early. So you, growth has a cost and it and growth, if you're growing uh, too rapidly, you certainly can't keep up. But if yeah. you're even growing at a moderate pace, that is a huge challenge for any community is the infrastructure, isn't it, Dwight? Yeah, and the key is managing the growth. I mean, That's and, right. and, and I, you've had more experience in that than I have. I mean, you, you, we're going to grow because we've got a lot of things that people like. You know, we, we've got the, the hospital here. We've got the university here. We, we, are, we were for a while, I'm sure we still, we're the smallest town in America with a symphony orchestra. Yes, we, I believe we still are. And, 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 and the quality that goes on in terms of the arts, you know, the education opportunities, all that happens here. Uh, our tax, compared to lots of places in the country, the tax rate is relatively relatively low. Our crime rate is relatively low. So there's the, the lakes, the water, all of that that attracts people. So uh, how do you, how, how, if you're in a position of leadership, how do you manage that? And you're right, it's hard to keep up with infrastructure, with streets, with, with sewer, with all of that. Uh, so that's that's always a challenge when you have a community like ours. How do you manage what's in every, you, you can't go out the interstate and put up a blockade and say, we don't want any more folks. That won't no, work. No. And you don't want to, but you still have to, you have to be visionary and have to manage that. You know, we had a saying uh, in the chamber, more and more we want to give our citizens less and less of a reason to leave our community and region for goods and services. Yeah. You know, you don't always have to go to Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, and and you're seeing more of that. And quality of life, I mean, I, I think we're the eighth most affordable city in America. You mentioned low tax rates. Yeah. So, I mean, when you put it all together, it's a heck of a day. Yeah, it really is. It's a wonderful place. I remember... I remember uh, it's been years ago when I served as mayor. We had we were at, sort of at a crossroads. A lot of communities were, you know, the model cities' monies was drying up, and basically cities were going to and communities were going to have to determine themselves what they wanted to be. So, with the help of the Municipal Technical Advisory Association, we MTAS, we uh, we we put together a program called Cookville Tomorrow: The Design for Change. And it was a strategic plan. Now, a lot of plans get long range plans. Sure. And so, what we did was we involved like a hundred and three or four local citizens, and they served on eight or nine or ten work groups. And those work groups would work on a specific thing, like you know, community image, industry, education, recreation. And they focused the first three weeks on 
where are we in terms of that particular topic? Where do we want to go and how do we want to get there? And they all came up with recommendations and ideas, over 100 recommendations, and we even, and of 100 people, and we even asked the, 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 um, the folks in the community to, to vote on those priorities. Uh, yes. And they, they could vote in the paper, they could call, they could use a new thing they were using back in the 80s called a computer. They could come to, Holy they moly. Could come to <laughs> City Hall and vote on a computer, and they did. And of all, and and the top, uh, Randy Porter served as chairman of one of the committees. He's counted here. Yeah. Jerry Cantrell, a lot of the folks. Uh, uh, Dean James C. Brown, dean of the College of Engineering, chaired that for us. We had President Derry Berry was on it. It was just a, it's a wonderful thing. The top voting item was this. Our people wanted to have a well-rounded program of recreation and wanted to hire a professional to run it. And out of that was birthed the Department of Leisure Services, which wow. has been a blessing. Did to, not that, know that. That's how Leisure Services came into being, was out of that long-range plan, long-range study. And it's an award-winning department now, adds so much to the quality of life. But it, it happens when you when the leaders look to the people and say, help us determine what you want to become as a community, and let's plot a strategy to get there. You know, you mentioned leadership and leadership Putnam yeah. uh, and other leadership groups. It's amazing when one looks back on the history of our community's success, how many projects started out as a project of leaders, an idea, yeah. a Main Street, I think. Oh, yeah. Leadership Putnam, a group of young leaders learning to be leaders. Yeah. Each ha- you have to have a project, and uh, uh, but it's amazing the number of pro- uh, things that dreams do become reality. Everything starts with a thought. It does. Everything starts with an idea. And as that idea is fleshed out and talked about and massaged and implemented, then uh, if it's not dropped, it could be something that could be really tremendously beneficial to a community. Our public television station here started uh, as an idea. Unbelievable. The symphony orchestra started an idea. We've got so much talent here uh, in so many areas uh, because we continue to attract those kind of people because uh, – like minds think alike, and we just we're continuing. The key now is is uh, I don't th- I hope we don't become a Murfreesboro or a Nashville certainly. No. But, how do, but the key, uh, challenge is how do we keep that, for lack of a better term, George, small town community feel? Don't lose that sense yeah, of community. We, how do we keep that and yet experience the kind of growth we want to keep that keeps people here? For, to, to live, work, and play, and retire, and without without losing that, and I don't think we have at this point in time. But but we always need to know what it was that attracted people here in the first place. You know, Doctor Oldham, President of Tech, I've heard him say many times. If you think about it, we're the premier technological university in the state. We graduate all these technical people, engineers who leave here yeah. to go to work for technology companies in other towns, and yeah. so that's what. Um, that's what uh, technology company recruitment. We got to raise per capita income yeah. to keep our brain, our our kids at home, and we've also got to create jobs for everybody. So it's a, it's not a you, you're either growing or you're dying. Is what I've always said. There's no, our capitalistic system. So we're, uh, it's a it's a challenge. It's it's a hard job, but we're up to it. When I when I first time I ever city council was elected mayor, I went by the hardware store there on the square, Petite Hardware, Petite. and uh, and and the owner of that was Bob Petite, who was mm-hmm. also a former mayor, and so I went to sit down with him and 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 said, uh, I said, Mayor, you know uh, what 
do you know now that you wish you'd known then before you ran? <laughs> and he said, you know, he said, Dwight, he said, I really did think that I could that I could take an issue and look at it and study it and know what to do. It'd be pretty black or white. I, he said, I would know. He said, I could look at that, do my research, do my study, talk to the folks, and know exactly what to do. He said, what I learned and been on city council for a while, two terms as mayor, there's a lot of gray. <laughs> oh. There's a lot of gray. No and, question. And, and that's where you make those decisions that matter most. And the, the larger you get, the more complicated it gets, the more gray there is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But we're uh, excited, excited about the future. I know you are. What are some things you're doing now? What well, are you? Later in life, after I'd been in business for myself for most of my working life, mm-hmm. my mom contracted cancer, and long story short, after that, uh, we had a hospice team come and, and uh, take care of her, and they took over management of the care, and we got to go back to being family. Wow. And it was such a blessing to us, George, that I ended up getting on their board, Lazarus House Hospice. It was a nonprofit. After I served as a volunteer for three or four years on the board, I believe it was the Lord that put it on my heart to become a hospice chaplain. Amen. So I didn't know how to do that. So I asked Steve Mathiser on the company. He said, well, you've got some of the background in ministry that they like to see, but Medicare, who pays the bills once their once they're chaplains have master's degrees in ministry or counseling or something. Well, my, uh, my, my bachelor's degree was in history and political science, so that didn't help me. Well, I said, man, I'm over 50. I don't know if I can do that or not. Uh, so I sat on it for about a year, prayed about it. After that year, went uh, moved to Knoxville. I actually didn't move. I didn't sell my house. I was back and forth. Got the, got the master's in ministry. And uh, since that time, I've served as a hospice chaplain, which I can say might be the most fulfilling work of my life. And it just... Uh, so that's what I've been up to for the most part for the last 10 years or so. Another plug for lifelong learning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a big world still out there. I often I? think about what if I hadn't taken that step of faith and got that degree, I would have missed some of the most uh, wonderful experiences of my life. Because when somebody's going through an experience like that oh. and they invite you in, it's an honor to be there. And I tell every family that I serve, we're honored to be here. I left. I saw two families before I came here this afternoon to the radio station and it's such a blessing it is to be able to help that way. Well, we talk about the personal touch, yeah. the power of the individual. Yeah, uh, It's biblical. Yeah, I, It's a spiritual. It's, it's who we are. I feel like George Bailey. I've had a wonderful life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, God's not through with you yet, I don't believe. We just hope you will uh, continue on. I just have more fun with you. And uh, we're going to do this again sometime. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Right, thank you, George, for uh, having me. George Alford, Local Matters, had a great time with uh, Dwight Henry, uh, one of Cookville's finest. Thank you, and God bless you.